Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry. As we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager, your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor and star of the 1991 season six episode two of L.A. Law, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil <laughs> and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. How do you like that one? That was good. L.A. Law. LA you Law. Went, I'm just pulling deep as far as, you deep as I can go. Deep. You really are. Uh, did you have fun a, on L.A. Law? Did you have fun I on L.A. Did. Law? I did. I had a really great time. One of the producers on the show, Elodie Keene was her name. She directed the episode and I've okay. uh, known Elodie since ever since then. Wow. Um, a wonderful director and directed at a time when there weren't a lot of female directors. Correct. Uh, so it was um, it was great to work with Elodie and, uh, you know, L.A. Law was filled with lots of drama and big, you know, court cases. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, I had some nice scenes in that. It was fun. I had a good time. That was a big, did, big hit back then. Too. It, it was a massive show. Who were yeah. your scenes with Corbin Burnson or who did you have most of your scenes? I with? can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember which lawyers I had. I don't know, but it was, uh, I think it was two brothers. I I could totally be wrong about this. It was two brothers <laughs> okay. fighting over the estate of their parents, two adult brothers. And I, I think I was the younger brother and I can't remember what the, yeah what, what they wanted to do with the estate, but there was a lot of emotion about, you know, yeah. the parents and their right. relationship as brothers and things like that. It was good. It was fun. <laughs> you had a positive experience working on LA. A very positive experience. Okay, good. It was at Fox. It was filmed at uh, 20th century Fox studios over near century city. And this was in the early nineties where Fox had not, they had not renovated that studio. So it was kind of oh. dumpy over there. It was very old school. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I've worked there since and they've got all kinds of new buildings and all kinds right. of stuff but back then it but was, not back then no it was kind of a dump i remember <laughs> but yeah it was okay. Fun. LA Law. okay all right hey you have something to show us you have oh, a I little do. show and i tell? wanted to yeah so we had uh rebecca and i had a couple of friends of ours uh nova and molly um two of our friends uh came to visit us and we were talking about what they do they're publishers of a book and the mm. book is called classics but make it gay and it's classic art from art history that they reimagine with, you know, works like ancient Greek works or Norman Rockwell works or all kinds of things. But they yeah. imagine it with LGBTQ or people of color, yeah. uh, non-traditional, you know, kinds of images. And, and it's, it's the kind of thing that just seems to fit into the Star Trek sort of universe uh, in terms of diversity and yeah. And, infinite uh, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Yeah. So IDIC. I think that's a very cool idea. They did all the artwork on this. Is that, they is that them? Commissioned artists. Mm -hmm. I'm showing if if you're a Patreon yeah. member, you can see, you can some, see of this. The, yeah. some of the work, but it's it's classic art. It's really just beautiful stuff. And I love, I love the fact that they they find ways of for people who identify in a non-traditional way, they mm -hmm. can see themselves. They can see themselves in yeah. this, these works of art. Yeah. And I just think it's really beautiful. It touched my heart. It's inspiring. And I will say that, you know, if you want to check out the books, they have a website. It is novaandmally.com. And I'm going to spell it. That's N-O-V-A-A-N-D. 
M-A-L-I.com, novaandmali.com. Check out their their book. It's really cool. I I found it really inspiring and it just felt like something that our our fans would uh, be interested in. So check it out. Yeah. And it looks like something that would look very nice on a coffee table. It looks like yeah. something that's very uh, uh, classy looking and, and uh, belongs in, in a front and center in someone's yeah. coffee table. So. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. The art that they commissioned from lots of emerging and, uh, you know, uh, young artists. It's just beautiful work. It's really yeah. beautiful work. Looks great. Anyway. Okay, check it out, everybody. Uh, all right, let's talk about this week's episode. It is yes. Course Oblivion, course uh, oblivion. What a name! Sounds, sounds very yeah. important. <laughs> it sounds very very important. ominous. All right, so uh, Robbie, let's go ahead and watch this uh, episode, and we'll come back with our recap and discussion. And for, for all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Hey everyone, we're back from watching Course Oblivion. Course Oblivion. It was not the comedy that I remember. No, it's not. It's, it's not, not funny. But boy, I guessed right. Oh my god. Oh my god. god. I can't I believe was... you remembered Anson Williams direct. I don't remember it. It was a just it was a shot in the dark. I completely because the thing I knew, I know this. The prior episode was Livingston, so I felt if this was shot in, if this was aired correctly right. in the shooting order, this would not be Livingston again. So I said, it's not Livingston. And right. I, like I said, I thought it would be Cliff, you know, I would say Cliff Ball, but we already established mm-hmm. he has retired. And then you threw Craker out, which was going to be my choice. So then I thought, all right, if he's going with Craker, I'll pick Anson. Cause that's the only name I was going to say Terry Wendell, but I thought, nah, no, I think I feel, it feels more possibly like it could be Anson yeah. than Terry. And I was right on the money. Oh Bullseye. Gosh. Good was job. So excited to see that. All right, here we go with my haiku for course oblivion. Yes. Haiku poetry synopsis. Two years left till home ship and crew start to degrade. Real crew finds nothing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a go. sad haiku, like a it sad is. episode. It's a sad episode. Gosh. All right. Let's hear the limerick. All right. Here's the limerick. Mm-hmm. Our poetry synopsis for Course Oblivion. Okay. We start off with a fun and happy wedding, but they're copies with a gooey disease spreading. Balana dies. Tom almost cries. Chakotay's death makes Janeway futilely change their heading. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, we got a, everything in there. And we got it covered. We got it covered. Good yeah. job. In fact, we got the part where Tom almost cries. I was, I, I got to be honest, I hated my performance in this episode. Wow. I'm just going to well, say. Let's, no, let's get, to, let's not talk about it here. Let's get to it when we get to that scene. And, I'm, okay, and well, I, 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 we'll get to, I, but I, I'm saying in the whole episode. Oh my gosh! You I'm saying in the whole re- episode, I feel like I was off. I was were- all over the place. Ah man! Well, you know, we're often the most critical of our own performances, and mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely guilty of that, and you're definitely guilty of that. Uh, because I honestly, yeah. I didn't sit there and think that there was, and I, I, it didn't pull me out. Really? You know, no, it really didn't. So I, I, I guess thought, I would, uh, I would say that not only was I critical of my performance, but yeah. some of our fellow castmates, I felt like 
the the thing I was critical about was I felt like continuity wise, like in terms of a smooth journey of, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure that I was tracking where I was coming from, going to the levels of things. I didn't feel, I feel like I was just like shooting scenes as they, as we shot them and I wasn't connecting the dots very well. And I felt that way a little bit with some of the rest of the cast, like within scenes, sometimes some actors were playing one sort of tone and other actors were playing a different tone. And Mm. to me, it felt a little lacking in focus and continuity in terms of performances. Hmm. Okay. That was just my general, that's my general wash okay. of the episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting enough, we don't have a single guest star on this Zero. episode, which is very rare for us to not have a single guest star. I know. And normally I would be like, oh, it's focused on our cast. Everybody's got something to do, which is true. That's yeah. usually like a slam dunk. That's going to be a great episode for me. Mm-hmm. But for me, this one... Because of the lack of consistency okay. and the lack of the fact that we were all playing the same tone in the same scenes, okay. I feel like it was a little all over the place for me. All right. That's, again, general, very general. You are entitled to that opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. So teleplay by Brian Fuller and Nick Sagan. Story mm-hmm. by the talented Brian Fuller. Mm-hmm. And directed by Anson Williams. We got can't all. Believe, I still can't believe you remembered <laughs> that. Um, yes, it's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. This idea of telling a story that we think is about our characters, when really it's the copies from a previous episode. I love That's the true. concept, but it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one because we're sort of. As soon as we realize that in this episode, to me, I'm like, oh, well, this isn't our real character. So how invested am I? Yeah. Like if I know that they're not, if they're copies and we don't yeah. know the journey since they were created. Once we realize we put the pieces together, we're like, oh, well, they're not the real people that we've come to watch all these adventures with. Right. They're copies and they've had their own adventures that we've never seen. That we didn't even. Yes. So, so this I, could be the spinoff. <laughs> Yeah. This is going to be the spinoff show, right? Star Trek Voyager mimetic copies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say Harry is really a copy of a copy. I know. I thought uh, of that Did too. you think about that? So maybe that's yeah. why Harry was still alive at the very end, because he was a copy of a copy. I don't know. Maybe that. I don't know. I have yeah. no clue why Harry stayed to the very end with Seven and Neelix and everyone else died before them I, i'm not even sure the why. doctor yeah. even the doctor's gone exactly um, well they did say at one point early on the doctor says the people that were closest to the warp core seem to be getting sick quicker he said yeah. that when balana first when he had his first few patients he's like so maybe the people that were around the warp core more but then how would that explain chakotay going so quickly like he's yeah. never de- near there and seven was know? in the by the warp core all the time she, she should have been di- yeah she should yeah. have been one of the earliest ones to go after yeah. balana so it's a little yeah so there it's not even consistent there either you know well, so there's a, saying, okay there's some, incons- saying, there's some inconsistencies there's yes oh okay all right let's talk about the very first opening scene we're in the mess hall this is tom's wedding duplicate mm. tom's wedding and why isn't everyone in dress uniform? Why are we yeah, just it's the, weird? It's just you notice the that just the principles. Yes. It's like, well, wait a minute. I th- first of all, I thought we saw Harry's first. Okay, so the wedding. Yeah, we see we see where that some kind of celebration. We don't really know what's going on as as the thing opens. 
but the camera pans over and there's Harry playing some music on his clarinet with some other musicians. And Harry is in this weird outfit, the yes. dress uniform, yes. which I thought looked like his marching band uniform. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, he's in his band camp uniform. Okay. Is that's what you thought when you first saw At first that? I was like, okay. why is he wearing his band camp uniform? Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so he's playing some music. And then we see yeah. the doctor... Yeah. Taking pictures with the biggest camera I've seen since. It's that hollow you know, imager again. Yeah, yeah. Say hi to the 1970s for me. <laughs> yeah. It was so big. I remember when it's we shot bigger this than scene, a Polaroid camera. It's I was like, so what? Big. <laughs> yes. and, and I remember when we shot the scene. Yeah. I remember commenting like people were even commenting when we shot it in yes. 1999 or whatever year this was. <laughs> yeah. We were like, this is big even for them. <laughs> It's huge. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is. I my only note about this scene is that I am the most comfortable playing yeah. the clarinet in this scene than any other time playing the clarinet. I felt that I'd finally felt completely at it ease with that instrument, you know. Well, I, even even when you 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 play, then there's the ceremony, and then when you go back over to play again they like toss you the clarinet the Mr. guy on the, yeah move my other guy uh, my other musician he just throws it at me and i i catch you it out of midair mid and i mid start air. playing oh it was very Who's, cool yeah, very I don't smooth even, that must have been gosh who i'm just wondering if that was a if that was a directorial call, yeah maybe anson was like let's spice this up a little bit i bet that was back. a you call i would say like hey <laughs> you think i brought it to me <laughs> yeah let me <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I have to quote one line in the scene when uh when uh congratulations. Uh, no, when the when the doctor says to Seven uh something about the wedding and Seven's response is given the volatile nature of the relationship, one might have predicted homicide rather than matrimony. <laughs> I love that line. I don't remember hearing that line. The line I wrote down was after she caught the bouquet. And then you hear, congratulations. And Seven goes, for what? And Tuvok says, you may not know. He says, you may not want to know. Yes, <laughs> right? that was funny. Like, that was this, funny. This scene, actually, I was like, I had fun with this scene, actually. I thought the wedding, all the characters were yeah. fun. Yeah. The energy was light and fun yeah. Yeah. and happy. And I felt like everybody was relaxed and yes. playing the scene really well. And then it's just uh, ruined by the floor distorting. Yeah, the, the carpet's distorting and the rice, the rice is falling, falling through, through the, the floor. The warping yeah. floor, exactly. Uh, so a great scene that ends with this jeopardy that we're like, what's going what the on? Heck? What the heck? Yeah. Did you know what was happening at that point? No. 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 Okay. All right. I didn't, didn't remember. Okay. Uh, we have a captain's log. Captain says, uh, with all the celebrating, we have lots to celebrate. We've got Crewman Harper's new baby. So yeah. baby born. Yeah, baby. Uh, we have this new warp drive, she says. And we're really two years from home. We're super close. Then we go into uh, her ready room. She's talking with Chakotay about they're only two years from home. And did you notice Kate Mulgrew's sort of touching of Robert Beltran? And she had her <laughs> finger on his chest and was sort of like, I, I thought, oh, JC moment is happening right now. Yeah, it is. Now, I just want to step back a little bit to that captain's log. And yeah. you're talking about, you know, her saying that 
a baby was born. Now I'm trying to think about this. The only way that, that anyone is alive is they are a mimetic compound copy of the original. So wouldn't the baby How have, did they yeah, have a see, baby? Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. It's like I I, that, that doesn't that. make sense to me. Like you would have to be a mimetic compound of a baby. Um, that's already in existence. Like how could two mimetic compounds actually create a real child? That's interesting that's, catch. Yeah, I it, did not catch that. That's something that I just caught just now in your, yeah. in this conversation that we've had, but um, all right, let's move on. So okay. like we said, we're in the ready room again. It's yep. two years, 11 days, six hours away from actually getting back to um, the Alpha Quadrant because of this enhanced warp drive. Now, were you thinking that this is something like when you're watching, were you like, wait a minute, why, how's this happening? Like, you, were you? Well, I felt like we definitely had missed something. Okay. Yeah. But I was like, I couldn't remember the episode. So I was like, oh, well, they'll fill us in on what we missed. Right. Because like, okay. we do jump time. Yeah. Occasionally. We do, we do, do that. that. Was, that's a huge, that's jump. a big, big, big jump. Well, how do we oh, get this yeah. super duper warp drive where we're going home in two years? Um, we jumped to the mess hall and Neelix is now suggesting honeymoon locations to yeah. Paris uh, to go on the holodeck. And mm-hmm. he's got these awesome, very exotic places to go to different, you know, um, yeah. places in our galaxy, our universe. And then, you know, Tom is like, I don't know. I think earth has the best best vacation spots especially 1920s chicago and so you know this is the it's a nice scene it's cute it's good it's cute it's cute yeah yeah it's cute he he goes into a lot of detail about chicago tom really knows his 20th century history does but he sets that up which will come back later when he's talking to balana about the Mm -hmm. chicago honeymoon Mm -hmm. uh we go into engineering next and balana's filling seven in on on uh, what needs to be done while she's on her honeymoon. Yeah. And she, Bellana says to Seven, I've never been away from engineering for more than a couple of days, yep. certainly not a week. Right. So this is, she, you, you know, she's very reluctant to leave very her little so. baby. She even mm-hmm. talks about the work drive having a personality. Like yeah. Seven, it's not just a device. This is, mm-hmm. this has got a personality. And, mm-hmm. you know, you may think you know all the data, but you don't know its personality. There's an alert, a minor fluctuation in the subsidiary injector ports. Mm-hmm. And Seven says, I'll take care of it. And Balan's like, no, 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 let me come with you. I'm, I grabs her bag and yeah. off they she's go. Still 20 minutes on her duty shift. So that's the, right. Yeah, she's still into it. Uh, they're in the Jeffries tube and mm-hmm. they open up one section and they, they notice that the Entire Jeffrey's tube in that section is losing molecular cohesion. This is a big, yep. big problem. We go to the briefing room and we discover it's our warp field. The enhanced mm-hmm. drive is emitting some uh, some form of subspace radiation, and that is affecting Voyager's infrastructure. And not only Voyager, but we soon learn everyone's infrastructure is being affected yes. by this subspace yeah. radiation. And Bologna and Seven are sort of explaining this to the room. I did notice in the scene in the briefing room, yeah, the the difference between directors. You know, like I kept thinking about Alan Craker mm. in, in directing scenes in the briefing room and how. There was just energy and movement. And then mm-hmm. I thought about David Livingston and his sort of wide lenses and sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, a bit forced in the blocking, yeah. but yeah. but still he his style. This one felt very simplistic to me, this briefing mm. scene. I don't know how else to okay. put it. I felt like, yeah, it's okay. Okay. You know, it didn't feel like the the photography match, the jeopardy that was being 
set up. And in fact, at the end, Janeway dismisses the crew and then Chakotay walks over. And this was the beginning of, I also noticed in this episode, a lot of these long pauses that ends up scenes mm. because Chakotay walks over, she's dismissed the crew. Janeway and Chakotay stand there in front of the monitor. And you see, you even see Kate start to go like, she's about to say something and then is speechless. Uh-huh. And it just, it lingers on. And I was like, that's an odd moment. Like, why didn't they cut out of this faster? It doesn't, mm. it just doesn't feel like a dramatic, oh my God, kind of moment or what's happening or I don't know. I mean, do you have ideas of how you would have shot it then in terms of to, to increase the, escalate the um, attention? Well, I think if they're going to stand there silently, the camera should be moving. I mean, this was a okay. Rick Berman quote, you yeah. know, from way back it's, when I it's remember moving Rick pictures. It's, it's not moving pictures. pictures. It's, yeah. Yep. And, and if the, if the, if the actors aren't moving, the camera should be moving. And if, you know, the camera's not moving, then the actors mm-hmm. should be moving. And this was one of those moments where I was like, no, oh, there's just two people standing there and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. it's awkward. It's, it's going on a little too long, but okay. Where are we, go we to now? We're in Tauruses. Well, actually yeah, we go to both Bal- of your quarters, right? Don't it's, you guys? It both- is now that yeah. we're married yeah, 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 in this yeah. story. Polana goes in, she's leaving a, a log. She basically says in her chief engineer's log supplemental that she can't figure out what is wrong. She's run mm-hmm. all these different diagnostics and, she has not figured out why we're losing this type of cohesion. And then she goes into the, the washroom area. That's how well, Canadians she's, She say gets it. the chills. Oh, that's she, right. That's right. She gets, she's like, Ooh, all of a sudden she suddenly gets the chills and she's like, mm-hmm. computer, raise the t- uh, temperature by five degrees. That's right. And then she goes in. Now, one thing I want to comment on this is again, it's going to sound like I'm piling on this episode, but I, mm-hmm. this one just struck. I struggled in this one. Okay. So she gets the chills suddenly, and now she's starting to have the effects of this thing. Right. But I didn't see any other characters start to get the chills. I didn't see, like, there was oh, a lack right. of consistency. Yeah. In, yeah, like everyone should be freezing then, right? Yeah, so. they don't have to all get this disease simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But when they do, there should be steps that happen for each of them where you yeah. kind of go, oh, no, somebody just got yeah. the chills. Right. Now they're going to they're gonna go. It, yeah. yeah, it felt a little lack lacking in continuity. Okay. But anyway, right. she goes into the mirror, into the uh-huh. bathroom, and, and suddenly her face starts moving. <laughs> yeah. So the, the distortions are happening now in her cheek. So now we see mm-hmm. the same thing that happened on in the Jeffrey's tube is now happening to her cheek. And we jump to the corridor where we have a scene with Tom and Harry, buddy, buddy, kind of joking around. And, Talking about married life. Uh, exactly. Harry drops off Tom at uh, Tom and Bellana's quarters. And mm-hmm. he enters to find a bent over Torres, who's now in major pain. And he takes her to sickbay. Mm-hmm. We enter sickbay and the doctor says that we're dealing with an epidemic. This is acute cellular degradation. So every part of our cells are just uh, part of her cells are now degrading. And there are a couple of other patients there. And it just turns out that these patients are also from engineering. And Mm -hmm. that's where we get this theory of uh, those closest to the warp core are affected first. And he also, the doctor scans Janeway while they're talking. And Mm -hmm. he does say, uh, this is going to happen to everyone. Yeah, everyone's affected. Including the captain, he says. That's right. And I noticed in this scene, it was all shot through that curved glass in the doctor's doctor's office and i remember early on how hard we struggled to shoot to 
to look that direction because of the reflections. reflections. Yeah. <laughs> you remember so, that? Like yes. that curved glass, you would that, either see the camera or the crew or lights or yeah. something. But I thought this, this just um, reminded me of how by the time we got into the show a few seasons in the reflections were not an issue anymore. Like they figured out, I don't know how they did it. I don't know mm-hmm. if they hung the lights or I remember sometimes the camera crew would wear black clothes and they drape black right like, fabric over them so that yeah. they would not it, you couldn't you know tell what you were seeing in the reflection so you actually remember a time when the reflections sort of subsided where we didn't have that many issues i remember, I felt- I remember early on it was hard like yeah, I- we would take hours sometimes to figure out how to shoot a scene in there. I, yeah, my memory is that we've dealt with that issue for the entire seven years. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I always we, recall like everyone was so, you know, that was the number one thing. Are there room, reflections? Yeah. Not only in that room, but anywhere else that we shot, everything was always like, Hey, are there any reflections? Are there any reflections? And there was always issues that we had to deal with. But yeah. um, if you recall, I, that I remember had, it getting better. Okay. It was always an issue. But they've kind of figured out a trick, how to get around it. Yeah, how to get around it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now we're in mess hall, and Neelix is showing um, Tuvok and Chakotay everything that was brought on board that wasn't. By the way, did you notice when the door opened and Tuvok and Neelix enter, Chakotay is coming in behind them. Yeah. As they walk through the door uh, on the right side of the frame, there was this thing. For a second, I had to pause it. I looked at. It, I was like, "Is that a drinking fountain?" What? It's not a drinking fountain, what but there's it? a there's like a side table and it had something like a metal thing on it or something. It looked like a drinking fountain to me. I was like, <laughs> wow, I don't remember a drinking fountain in the in the on the ship, but is that in your, it was that not your a video? Is that in your video reaction? I don't think so. Okay. No. All right. All right. Uh yeah, I didn't see that. Did not catch that. But anyway, yeah. Neelix is just showing, you know, all the things that were brought aboard the ship that have, yep. you know, that haven't been on the ship forever and that have recently brought aboard. And none of them are degrading. They are totally in shape. There's no degradation whatsoever. And this is yet another mystery for the crew to, to uh, solve. We go to Astrometrics and Tuvok mm-hmm. and Chakotay. They're, they're looking for any interactions that we've had with alien species that may have possibly contributed to the current situation that we're in. Yep. And they're just going through one. They're just beginning another. this search. Yeah. They yeah. start eight months, 17 days ago, the Kamado K- first contact. Yeah. But they they're just beginning their search mm-hmm. in astrometrics mm-hmm. for a theory. Like yes. how far back can we go? Can we see? Yes when things yeah they're looking for the beginnings of right. this uh then we go to sick bay and tom is standing by balana he says how's my old lady because mm-hmm. they just got married and she basically says don't ever call me that again yeah <laughs> i'll kill you i'm good enough to still knock knock you knock your block off basically yes so, if you yeah. call me that again <laughs> yeah. uh he goes through it's a very sweet scene very tender it's a little slow for me. Do you do you think that you okay? Yeah, as you're watching this scene, do you feel like you wanted to have more emotion? Like in terms of like you wish that you had started crying in this one? Or or I mean, what is your feeling overall in, in this scene? I know you're not happy with it. I'm not really happy with this scene. Part of it is just structural in the writing, like the okay. fact that I had to go over, do the romance, then we had to go through 
oh my God, she's dying, accepting yeah. the death. And then the doctor beginning an autopsy all happening in one scene. And literally I stood in one place. I was like, I was like, this was a tough scene. I wrote yeah. down because it went from this quiet stuff to the romantic phase, to the mm -hmm. urgent deaths part, to the mm -hmm. autopsy. And I literally was standing in the same place the whole time. Like yeah. I, I didn't like the blocking. I didn't, the fact that like, I think he would have, if this were in a hospital show, they would have called orderlies in to restrain the person mm -hmm. who was mm -hmm. getting emotional, mm -hmm. but we didn't have anybody around. So no. I couldn't get out of control enough th to be restrained because there's nobody else there. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like the blocking was lackluster. I literally stood in one spot for all of the parts of the scene. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I think my emotional level, if I'd gone to tears, there wasn't time for tears because the doctor's going, I've got to do an autopsy. And then the fact that I stood there or I wish he had dragged me away from the bed or I don't know that I just felt like it, this felt like a scene where they're like, we got to do this, shoot this quick. Yeah, so let's keep it simple. I, <laughs> let's I do keep it simple. I, uh, I do like the dialogue when you are going through all the honeymoon preparations, though. I do like that because everything you know everything you're telling her she's listening but you can tell she's fading like every yeah. single comp and and it's just it's very bittersweet you know so i i don't have a problem with the dialogue there i do think that that was effective and i do yeah. feel like people were like buying into that going oh my gosh this is horrible you know yeah um, no i think the writing was very romantic and mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. It was very sweet and there were yeah. some really nice moments in it, but it was trying to be a lot of things in this yeah. one scene. Yeah. And, and I wish we had gotten more specific about the way we staged it and kind of the levels and the turns in the scene and really mm -hmm. hit the highs and the lows because it felt a little bit like I just wrote down. I think we were shooting this quickly. It feels okay. to me like we sort of kept it simple. Let's get through it quickly. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. But it's nice. There's some nice moments in it. Yeah. But she dies. Yeah. Balana does die. Yeah, she dies. And the doctor, doctor says, we've got to do this autopsy before her cells begin degrading any further and mm -hmm. try to figure out what's going on. She mm -hmm. dies pretty quickly. Yeah. Compared to other people who get this yeah. degradation. <laughs> that's the other thing I started going, all right, well, if that's how this works, then as soon as we see it on people, they're going to be gone in a couple yeah. of scenes. But right. no, they last for weeks, months, <laughs> you know? It's weird. So did you know what was happening yet in this scene? No. Yes, I kind of did. You kind of felt it. Yeah, okay. I started remembering. Oh, All yeah. right. All right. We go to back to astrometrics, I think, mm -hmm. at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. They do finally get back to the demon class planet. Yeah. 10 months, 11 days ago. 10 months, mm -hmm. 11 days ago. They go through the logs and uh, are reminded of this silver blood that creates duplicates. And you see this all kind of starting to make sense to them although yeah. they don't articulate it in this no, scene no. completely but no they're, they're on like, the right trail they're on point. the right trail yeah. and yeah so this was for me was a turning point i'm like oh, yeah. i see where uh, we're going. We going over here yes that but this is also, compound yeah but this is also where i started kind of it started losing me a little bit because that's where i'm like wait okay so we're not really watching tom and harry and yeah. Balana, and we're yeah. watching duplicates and we've missed yeah. a bunch i don't know where this warp drive came from yeah i don't know whose baby that is i don't know like why is janeway <laughs> touching chakotay like this did they have a connection that Do we you know missed? what you know what is so damn funny right now is that you right now robbie mcneil are turning into tom paris 
on this in this episode exactly. becoming sort of like lackluster lackadaisical yeah. why am i even doing this why are we even here like i don't yeah. even this doesn't even this episode is just i i'm not invested in watching this episode any longer you've turned into tom paris like that. i know why are we even taking orders from her like that yeah <laughs> why am i even recording this copy. podcast yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's true. true. Yeah, you Tom did it. get very bitter after. Yes, Bolana and you were doing, you were paralleling your own character in terms mm-hmm. of your review of this episode. This is very interesting. All right, so now we're in sick bay, and yes. you know, the, in come Chakotay and Tuvok, and they're just, you know, they're on a mission. They've got, they've got this lead that they think may be. And they asked the doctor to scan for traces of deuterium, hydrogen sulfate, and dichromates. The doctor is a little perplexed. And he realizes they're all present. All those those compounds that they asked the doctor to scan for. Mm -hmm. Chakotay says, look, we got to know. You need to inject her with the dichromate catalyst right now. And the doctor, again, perplexed. He's like, okay, he does so. And now she reverts to the silver liquid, to the bio. She dissolves into a puddle in the bed. Yes. I made it And it wasn't a total puddle. She looked more like a, it was sort of. Like a sheet of rubber. Yeah, she was, (laughs) she she looked, you know what it looked like? It kind of looked like, um. Do you remember those fruit roll-ups? Like you would. Yes, <laughs> she's yeah. Like, she's like, like a, a silvery, giant, fruit fruit giant silvery fruit roll-up is what she I, was. So I made a note here. This was not great VFX to me. In this, okay. This, All right. The melting and stuff because to do a a pure CG puddle of uh, silver compound, silver compound, yeah, on a three-dimensional real bed is yeah. hard to do now. Yes. In 2022. It's expensive. Yes. It's a hard CG vis effect. And back then we didn't have the, the, you know, the technology or the money to mm-hmm. really do it well. Yeah. I wish that they had put some practical, you know, uh, silver compound on the bed so that okay. just the sort of melting in the transition would have left her in a puddle of something real rather than something virtual, gotcha. which they cut away from very yeah. quickly Yeah, yeah. because it yeah. was expensive. That's yes. why they cut away from it so quickly. Yeah. The transition was a little bumpy, but I wish in the end they had used some physical elements in this VisiFX shot because it, yeah. it was, it was just okay for me. Okay. Well, we have a passage of time. We're still in sick bay. Janeway is now in sick bay and she's being debriefed. She's got a lesion on her face. But yeah, she does. Chicote suggests that uh, maybe the plan of attack is to head back to the demon class planet. And Janeway, you know, says, okay, well, I want to adjust the environmental controls to simulate a class Y planet to help slow the rate of degradation. So, you know, this is a pretty good theory, I think. Mm-hmm. And she also says, in the meantime, let's search for a class Y planet that we can possibly land on and use that as a safe harbor because it will probably be uh, to our, or at least to this compound's liking to be on this class Y planet. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we can regroup. Not a crazy idea, but Chicote does say, maybe we should just turn around. We're all copies. Let's go back. Yeah. To where we came from and she does yeah. not want to go back no she's no. still stuck on we've got to make it back to the alpha quadrant we got to get yep. to earth yeah so she yeah they're in search of a class white planet for safe harbor then we go to the mess hall where yeah. she's going to tell everybody 
and we see there's some cots on the floor and mm-hmm. people are starting to get sick. Harry asks if, if they're everything about them is fake. And she does say to Harry in here, she says, if you feel something, if you remember something, mm-hmm. then it's who am I to tell you? It's not real. It's right. real. Then. Right. Yeah. That's all I know. Tom's bitter. Yeah. Harry tries to give his condolences to Tom and Tom, you know, bitter, bitter, upset Tom. Tom's like, there's no one here by that name. Yeah. You're just mean to Harry in this. Yeah. You're very mean. That's exactly what I wrote down. Tom is mean. (laughs) Mean guy. (laughs) He was. He's like, drop the good soldier routine. Yeah. He's, yeah, Tom's bitter. He's angry about Bellana's dead. Bellana was a duplicate. We're all imposters, Harry. I think I think Harry should have slapped Tom like really hard and shaken yeah. him like, get out of this funk. We got to do the best we can with what we have. Yeah. Come on, Tommy boy. You know, some little pep talk to sort of, you know, get you out of this. Uh, yeah. This grief that you're in, I guess you're still grieving. Yeah. Over here. And you're confused, too. Right. Tom's just just confused, grieving. What is real? He doesn't know what's up or down yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's like me watching the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, confused. You, you like, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> Who's real? What's real? Uh, okay, let's <laughs> go to Janeway's quarters next. Yeah, chicken paprikash. <laughs> chicken paprikash. Chicken grandmother's recipe. Yeah. Then she says, well, sounds not good. really, you know, not really my grandmother, but uh, still tasty. Still, yeah. still delicious. Yes. Okay. Yes. He does tell her three more people have died. And yeah. he asks again, like, I think we need to head back. We got to go back. Yeah. And he says, home is a class Y planet, planet in the Delta quadrant. Home is you not- almost said planet. planet. Just like I say, plaza. plaza. Ah, okay. Home is a class Y planet. Planet. Uh, <laughs> she does say that uh, she will not kill her crew in the process of trying to get them home. Mm-hmm. And so we're sort of left in a conflict here with these two. Like he's yeah. going, I think we really, you need to reconsider mm-hmm. and you need to go back. And she's like, no, we're going home. We're going to mm-hmm. figure this out and I won't kill them. Yeah. I'm still Janeway. I'm not going to kill my crew. Right. And then she's like, maybe this dinner wasn't such a good idea. after Yeah. Mm. Sad. JC is falling apart. No JC moment there. Nope. Mess hall. Mess Mess hall. Hall. Yep. Doctor has an idea. <laughs> Find yes. the original Voyager. And then we could sample the real Captain Janeway's DNA and imprint it onto copy Janeway's mimetic pattern. This is his solution, which mm-hmm. again, nice theory. It's possibly going to you work. You still got to go back and find still the original find, Janeway. Yeah, exactly. Where, where are we going to find original Janeway, for goodness sake? You have no clue. And the doctor they don't fits, know. No. And yeah. the doctor Fritz is in the scene. So you That's realize right. that his you know emitters are starting yeah. to destabilize and fall apart. Even his time is limited as well. Yep. Uh, yeah. We go to the bridge. Everybody's getting worse now. The makeup has gone up a notch. By the everybody... way, can I just say real quickly, how on earth did that mimetic compound duplicate the doctor if he's a hologram? <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? Well, it duplicated he's his light. emitters. That's what he said. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, it du- yeah. duplicated said the, the emitters. Things, All right. Yeah, That's, it's that not him. Sense. It's the emitters. It's the emitters. Fake, just like the ship. Copy. Tom looks okay on the bridge, though, I got to say. <laughs> like, Tom's fine down front. He's bitter, but he's fine. Yeah. Janeway's, Janeway's got, like, her makeup's gone up a notch. They put the thing that covers the half of the eye over yeah. her. And now her face is drooping, basically. At least her face half is starting of it to is. droop. She's, her portrayal is like, 
She's tired. Yeah. Which again, there's a lack of continuity. There, there like, is because not everyone did that tired thing. No. And I, and I remember there's some scenes where I did talk tired because I guess I kind of fed off of Kate. And there's Kate, other scenes yeah. where I didn't talk tired. And I was like, eh. Yeah, I don't, I'm that's not what that I'm tired. saying. Like yeah. that needed some guidance. We yeah. needed some a little bit. Like, we needed a, a flow bit. chart so that we're all playing the same rules. Yes, because I then, was not playing anything. No, except for snarky. That's what you were yeah. playing. I wrote yeah. that down. Tom is snarky. But we do approach this planet. There's a uh, vessel approaching that states that this planet uh, is under the Ordmerit Mining Treaty. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. And we're fired and says, upon these guys. Get out of yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's an ugly ship. That ship. Their <laughs> ship was ugly. It's just an ugly ship. I, you know what? You're just all around, just down on this episode. <laughs> I thought that ship looked fine. I have no. What? It looked like with a, that. It looked like a satellite. It looked like a, like, it looked <laughs> like Sputnik. No, it did not. It looked like a Sputnik. Oh, no, it looked no, old school. No, and... you are letting your disappointment with this episode affect everything about your review of this episode. I thought it looked cool. I, I had no yeah. issues with that. It looked it like looked Sputnik? Like Sp- it looked no. like a Sputnik. No. Like All a right, satellite fine. to me. Didn't All even right. look like a ship. Fine, snarky Robbie. Um, go ahead. Let's go ahead. <laughs> So yeah, they they fire. Well, we have a chance to t- d- we can't yet. Yeah, we could do something, but then Janeway doesn't want to destroy them. Basically, she so, yeah, yeah. If we we could fire on them. We could whatever we yeah, we could destroy them. But she says no. We're still Starfleet, even though yeah. we're copies. We're still Starfleet. <laughs> we're not going to kill people. And their ship Voyager, you know, copy Voyager is destabilizing. Janeway says that she just said we're still Starfleet copies is what she should have said. <laughs> exactly. She says break orbit. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Let's um, go. Paris has the line where he says, I'm not sure why we're still all taking orders from you. You, yeah. Look at you. Ooh, Ooh you snark. says, follow orders or get off the bridge. So um, <sighs> you're snarkalicious, is what you are. Look at uh, you. Yes, Paris does follow orders. Mm-hmm. They do leave. They leave the the Sputnik ship does not pursue them. And yeah, yeah, Tom's got a line where he says, Well, what direction do you want me to go? <laughs> Like, am I going backward, right, left? What do you want? He's just bitter, bitter, bitter. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's not happy. So Janeway is now with Chakotay in her ready room, and Chakotay is still pleading with the captain. We've got to go yeah. back. We've got to go back. And this is the scene where he starts to disintegrate and having weird stuff fluctuating on his face. And uh, I gotta say, I gotta say, when that happened in any of these scenes, when people's faces started going, that did that was good VFX. That was pretty okay. Yeah. I thought it was I, good too. I got to say the good stuff too. That yep. was pretty good. It, okay. it, it was hard to watch. I was like, oh, it looked really good. Yes, it yeah. looked good. And so from that scene, we jump to sick pay where we see the passing of our first officer scene. Chakotay dies in that yeah. one. Uh, we jump back to the bridge and now there's a eulogy for Chakotay by Janeway. Janeway is talking about how much um, she he meant to her and that he was able to always call her on her BS, you know, and she, he yep. was, he was a sounding board and also a very long pause friend. Like she says that at the very end, There's I'm a waiting lot for of something pa- else in there. Yeah. I feel like I missed, a, I missed a couple pauses at the end of scenes, but this mm. is like, it's, it's this episode was slow for me and it was partially because of the, the editorial pace of it. Okay. You know, okay. sometimes we may shoot scenes with all these dramatic pauses, but the editors will tighten it up. So it yeah, just, they'll pull it, it out. Mm-hmm. 
But mm-hmm. in this one, they didn't. They left a lot of this air in there. And maybe, maybe the episode was short. I was going to say this exact same thing. The episode yeah. must have been short. And whenever it's short, they got to find either they either have to shoot new scenes or extend yeah. scenes. Add a few seconds add here, a few, add a few yeah. seconds there. It adds yeah. up. And yeah. I think that's what they did. They just let all these moments so play. But I don't know that it was helpful. It was. Uh, right. All right. Well, but at this point, because Chakotay passes, Janeway is like she tells Kim to bring the enhanced warp drive online and mm-hmm. to set a course for the demon planet. So she finally bum, caves bum, in. Bum. Yeah, we're going to yeah, go back. She does. We're going to go says, back. She says he was a fine officer and a friend who wasn't afraid to tell me when I was wrong. She literally, and because that's her way of admitting I was wrong. Set a course for the demon planet. Off yeah. they go. Uh, exterior shot of degrading ship. Captain's log supplemental. We've lost 63 crewmen. Systems are continuing to fail. And five weeks still to get to the demon planet. So it's mm-hmm. still a big distance to get back there. And, um, and she does say we've lost the doctor at this point, too. Yeah. Dude, lost bye-bye the doctor. We still have five well. more weeks to, uh, mm-hmm. to the demon planet. And mm-hmm. when we cut inside... <laughs> Uh, was a briefing room actually oh yeah actually that's where we find out we lost the doctor so in the briefing room yeah in the briefing room i gotta say the makeup is insane in this it is like (laughs) full zombie like half of janeway's face is gone neelix's hair looks nutty uh seven is degrading too yeah yeah. but her color is like greener than everybody else i don't know if you noticed that i I did notice that yeah her makeup is different Mm -hmm. yeah ours was kind of black and blue and gray i guess yeah mostly black and gray yeah hers was green and then janeway's face starts moving in this scene (laughs) but she also gives the job of chief medical officer to neelix all right so janeway's Mm -hmm. face distorts and she wants to download the ship's database and personal logs into a signal beacon so there is some record of our accomplishments in case we do not survive. So um, great plan, wonderful plan. And it's basically, I think Seven suggests that, okay, I can construct this beacon from parts that were not, you know, uh, mimetic yep. compound uh, parts basically yeah and we can shoot off basically a time capsule yeah a time capsule and and janeway says at the end of this she says none of you deserve to be forgotten mm-hmm. which was kind of a sweet moment i mean even though it i is. was a reluctant participant in this story <laughs> i you know i i had trouble investing in in these characters because of the fundamental nature that they're copied i just it was always hard for me to go well if they're copies I just felt like I knew where it was going. They're copies. They're not going to make it. And we're going to get back to our real people that we really know. So, but when she said, none of you deserve to be forgotten, I was like, oh, I can, I can feel that. You got pulled in a little bit. A little bit, even though I don't know these copies at all, their story, all the logs that they're going to send out in this time capsule, even though I don't know any of that, Mm -hmm. I... I could feel the sadness of, you know, yeah. no, because nobody deserves to be forgotten. No, no. It's a very relatable feeling. Yep. We're on the bridge now yes. and the deflector is offline. Interstellar dust is contaminating the warp field. Janeway says, purge it. Seven says, no, we can't because the exhaust manifolds have disintegrated. So then the command reroute auxiliary power to the deflector and the warp field Almost fails, but is stabilized by Harry Kim. And it's this point that we lose Janeway. 
Janeway, Janeway dies. dies in the captain's ship. Dies in the captain. She goes down with the ship, basically. With her boots on. Yeah. With her boots with on. With her space boots on. <laughs> She's like a cowboy. Yes. Sad moment again. And uh, now we have a montage of the ship exterior, corridors, acting captain's log, Harry Kim, talking about the situation is getting worse every day. More than 80% of the ship is uninhabitable, and most of the crew are gone. Now, Harry's sitting on the bridge, and he's asking the computer for hull status. Hull integrity is now only at 45%. Cargo Bay 2 actually decompresses while he's on the bridge. Harry then tries to erect a level 10 force field around the bridge. The computer cannot comply, so he asks Seven for more power. Seven is able to give a little more power, enough for that uh, force field to go in place. It's now surrounding the deck. And Seven mm-hmm. says it's, um, oh, Carrie then asks about the time capsule. And Seven says it's ready for launch. But then uh, as Harry commands Seven to launch it, the launch sequencer has misfired. And then Harry says, well, reinitialize it. And then the launch mechanism has now demolecularized. And then the probe itself is gone but this is confusing to me because i thought the probe was just, was made of material that has nothing to do it with it was it's it's the launch mechanism they can't launch it because yeah so now it's just it's not able to even be they but then they talk yeah. about the probe is being being uh they talk about the probe disappearing as well though that's what that's what kind of confused me yeah it's a little like, confusing why? and and like uh. And, and not to give a spoiler here cuz yeah. i'm going to jump ahead for a second but when the real voyager sees all these little, this debris or the, you yeah. know, the goo floating in space. Mm. Wouldn't they see all the things that like Neelix was showing in the mess hall? Like the yes. things that they collected. Yes. There'd, there'd Some be, of those items would still be there. Evidence. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't all just be this no. silver goo. And the time capsule should be there too, basically. So yes. yeah, it's I a agree. little, it's a little confusing. Um, it's a lack the, of continuity. Yeah. Of <laughs> and we also detect a vessel 22 light years away. We see it on the view screen. And I can't believe that Harry doesn't go, that's the real Voyager. Because even though it's yeah. a little fritzed. It's a little fritzy, still... but you can tell. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. And so Harry goes down to the con, which, by the right. way, you sit in my chair. How did that feel? I felt wonderful. Was it nice? It felt it's a nice wonderful. chair. Yeah, you know, and I, I was, yeah, I was very envious of all the times that you got yeah, to move it around, around. It slides around. It's really yeah. nifty. So I had a little fun in that chair for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, we uh, uh, Harry tries to hail the vessel that's twenty-two lights years away, which is clearly the real Voyager, but the subspace transceiver is malfunctioning like everything else on the ship. And Harry comes up with the idea, hey, we need to go to Impulse to send a message. And we can't even go to Impulse. We're locked. We're locked the in this. The warp drive yeah, does not respond to the controls. No. So Harry says the only other option is to eject the core. So we go ahead and do that. And we see Neelix getting jolted by this. And we see um, Harry sort of just standing on the bridge in that final moment, which is so sad, really. Um, but evidently, the message, did, some message got through to Voyager because Voyager is making its way to this. Uh, well, stranded it was vessel. a distress call. Yeah, it was distress a distress call. call. That that's all right. that's all that they got was a distress call. Yeah. They don't know who it's from. No. Any no. more details than that. No. Um, but as the ship is tearing itself apart, breaking up, dissolving all, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's mm-hmm. the final moments. Uh, we cut over to the real Voyager mm-hmm. bridge and everything's calm. And yeah. Everybody looks great. Yeah. 
and no, goo, uh, no nothing like that. No goo, no nothing. And we don't know when we leave Harry on the on the copy bridge if they are going to make it or not. So we cut over to the real bridge. Things are calm. You feel like maybe there's a chance they're going to get there in time. Mm-hmm. But then when they uh, they pick up on sensors, the the ship uh, they put on the view screen, and it's just the the silver goo. Just a field of goo everywhere, right? Yeah. And so that they, didn't, they were so close, didn't quite make it. Janeway does make a note of the encounter in the ship's log. Mm-hmm. And she does have an odd, oddly kind of moved moment. Like she does. Like she doesn't know what happened, but she's just got a feeling, which is, yeah. I thought was a nice thing. Then, I did like that touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, by the way, when they do show the debris, <laughs> I looked at my face down front and I had one of these faces like, yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of goo. No biggie. <laughs> it's just like, oh, faces Robbie. That. It was funny. I thought it was good. I, I mean, to me, that was like, yeah, he wouldn't care. He's like, yeah, a bunch of goo. This no what biggie. We... Yeah, it was yeah. funny. And she says, resume course and yeah. off they go. And it's a sad, tragic It's just ending. sad. It's, they were that close to, to meeting yeah. up with a real Voyager who they could have, you know, maybe Janeway could have done something, you know? Yeah. So it's very, very sad. Or at least, um, or at least if they had somehow gotten that buoy, that, that time capsule, okay, they could have had an understanding of yeah. what had happened. To yes. These people. That, that would be have, wonderful. Or if you just been... saw like that lettuce kind of floating in space that was still there yeah. or some, like some item that Neelix was <laughs> the lettuce. Yeah. Like just one piece of lettuce, lettuce in floating in space. There you go. Yeah. Um, what's your lesson behind this episode? Here's my lesson. A, there is a lesson one. here. Oh, good. Yes. Good. I think it's the lesson that, that Janeway copy learned, which is don't wait until it's too late to change direction. That's a lesson oh, we can all. Oh, look at you. I love it. I love all right, it. I'm going to give that to Rebecca because I... we were talking at the end and I'm like, what is the lesson here? And she sort of pointed out that, that idea. And I was like, yes, that is a good lesson. Bravo, Rebecca Jane. Wow. Because yeah. I sat there and I was like, I'm going to let Robbie take this one because I have no. My only lesson was never never land on a demon class planet so this would never have happened in the beginning i mean i had no other thing to go to but hey it's good lesson i love that so say that again let me say say that again it is what i wrote it down don't wait until it's too late to change your course don't wait until it's too late to change your course yeah yeah because sometimes you're so intent on one you you see you kind of have like blinders on where you only see one thing and you're like, I must do it this way. I must do it this way. And all everyone else can see that you're going, it's a sinking ship that this is not the way to go. But the person engaged in, in the action is so, so focused on one thing and one thing only that they don't see everything else around. It's too late. Sometimes it is too late. Like if you can, if you can realize your mistakes like or it. you can listen to Chakotay and turn around the first time he <laughs> suggests it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they would have made it they back. Made, they would have made it back. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So right. that's a good lesson. All right. Here, what's your rating? Ay, ay, ay. I cannot wait to hear this one from you. Give us, a, give us a real honest rating for you. Come on. Don't six, don't six point two. Six okay. point two was my, my original rating. Then I went up to the 6.9, but 6.2 is where I was. It's there's some really good ideas in here. Mm-hmm. 
like independently, there's some good moments and things. Yeah. But I feel like for me, the lack of continuity in the rules of what was happening and the lack of continuity in performances by actors, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that 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 is true in in ways of, of other, some of the other actors too, that there was sort of, it was, everybody was doing their own thing a bit, their own version of this story. And okay, it felt a little disconnected. So, all right. So six yeah. point, what would you get? 6.2. 6. 6. Yeah. Okay. I feel as if I feel like I'm going to guess what our captains and, and admirals are going to go for. I, I feel like they're going to be less critical. And I feel like they're going to they're going to be closer to around seven point five. That's what I think. So what are you? Me, me personally, um, I'm yeah, I'm going to leave it that too. me personally, seven point five. I like the overall idea of this. I think this is a cool sci fi idea. I like the fact that, you know, this is a crew of biomimetic compound individuals. Yeah, I I do like that. And it's very bittersweet at the end. Um, I like some of the other interactions that have happened. So I'll I'll say seven point five for myself. Okay, so I got a six point two. Yep. We got a 7.5. Yep. And our captain and admiral's average rating mm-hmm. for course oblivion is 8.1. <laughs> Even 8.1. higher. One. So this was that. a very well-liked episode by a it lot was. of the fans. Mm-hmm. So which I mm-hmm. I get. I I think because of the reasons you said that yeah. it is a cool sci-fi premise mm-hmm. there are some really cool ideas and mm-hmm. there's some really great moments there's a lot of yeah i mean even from the first scene like seeing tom and balana get married even though it's yeah. a copy it's cool it's seeing still get, cool seeing exactly. harry playing the clarinet and having fun still cool yeah cool there's some cool <laughs> yeah. stuff Definitely. there are some cool stuff but for me i just kept like like tom the character i kept going hmm. <laughs> what's the point <laughs> What's the point? It's copies. Okay, you know we're not going to put you through any more pain. <laughs> let's let's get, just keep it going. Let's move it on. Okay. All right. Uh, so thank you everyone for tuning in to our um, recap and critique of this episode, um, and join us next week when hopefully we will have a more consistent episode for Robbie's sake. <laughs> yes. Um, Better continuity, fight. please. Yes. Yes. We're looking play for by continuity. The rules. Play by the rules. Everybody uh, has to play by the rules. <laughs> join us next week when Robbie and I review the fight. Thanks everyone. And for the Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. See ya. Thanks everybody.